Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 12 of For Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Choriki Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Pretty well, man. It's a beautiful day out. Nice sunny uh, day it's here. A, it's a lie. I mean, it is a beautiful day, but it's a lie because it's late January and there's months of winter to get through yet. And so, like, I'm always torn when it's as nice as this because on one hand, it's a lovely respite mm-hmm. from what is normally the brutal and unrelenting cold gray of winter in Cleveland. But also, <laughs> a little part of me that's like, you know what, weather? Just don't lie to me. Just tell it like it is. Because I know that this isn't sticking around. Like, it's going to get nasty again. Oh, sure. This just makes it feel like it should be spring, and then it's not. I don't know. I, I feel like in this case, I am comfortable being lied to. Um. <laughs> I mean, listen, on the balance, I, I you know, you got to have these days. There's just a tiny part of me that feels like betrayed, I think. Yeah, the the one thing that days like this really do mess up are my eventual plans to take my patio furniture inside. Because every time it is cold and snowy enough, like for long enough, I think like, man, this upcoming weekend, I'm just going to take that stuff and put it down in the basement so it's not just sitting out here in the winter. Um, and then that weekend, it's 52 degrees. And I'm like, well, that's nah, probably fine. Well, that's maybe I should leave it out. Here's the other problem is, okay, because I'm a teacher, when the weather is is nice... It's often I am on vacation, you know, oh, it's either spring break yeah. or it's summertime and I don't, I don't work in the, I mean, I don't work in the building. I do stuff in the summer that I don't work in the summer. And so if it's today, it's okay. Cause it's, it's the weekend, but if it's really nice out and I have to go to work, sometimes it really throws me for a loop. Like, no, it's, but it's nice out though. I, I don't work when it's nice out. I only work when it's cold and gross out. That's when I work. Uh, Dave, no joke. So I, uh, longtime listeners may remember me mentioning this before, but there was a year right after college that I was working as a sort of teaching assistant at a high school in France. I was helping students learn English. Um, And I remember there would just be days when I would show up to class and the students would not be there. Or sometimes a bunch of teachers wouldn't show up. And I asked around, like, hey, like, what, what's going on? Today's not a holiday, right? And they said, oh, yeah, well, in France, there are sometimes, there are, there are three things that can cause a sort of impromptu, unofficial holiday. Uh, the first is a strike. So either if the teachers are on strike or if, like, the bus drivers are all on strike and nobody can get to work. I deeply appreciate that that is a regular enough thing that's just like, yeah, they're just striking. Sorry. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, one time I went to the Louvre and... In the morning, the ticket takers were on strike, and so everyone was just walking into the Louvre for free, and by the time we got out, the strike had ended, and they had, like, resolved things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the second thing is snow, because where I lived in France, there was not a lot of snow. Uh, I was, like, right up in Normandy, so it snowed, like, once or twice a year, and when it happened, it really, like, messed everything up. Um, and the third was sun. Like, if it was unreasonably sunny and, like, way too nice out for what time of year it was, people just wouldn't show up. And it's like, ah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's just it. It's uh, Sorry, man. Nobody needs to be in school for this. Anyway, so I hear what you're saying. So, Matt, speaking of things that are just unreasonably nice. Yes, Dave. Uh, today, the nice thing that we are going to be doing is watching a new episode 
of Cherokee Sendai O-Ranger. Well, new to us at least. It is episode 12 called Explosion, a baby. Uh, but before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to know what our first star of the week is, Dave? I would love to, please. Dave, it's coming back. It's been gone lo these many years, but it is Crystal finally, Pepsi. finally coming back. Um, No, but I think it's of a similar vintage. <laughs> uh, Wait, what else could this be? Um, Crystal Pepsi, Ecto Cooler, a good Transformers cartoon show. Uh, no, none, none of those things. Although, I hear the cartoon, the rather the Transformers comic books are very good right now. Oh, nice. Um, anyway, no, it, it is none of those things. But in the sense, or in the same vein of everything from the late 90s and early 2000s, either getting rebooted or getting another season, um, Dave, the XFL is coming back? The what? Do you remember, Dave, the XFL? It's like the NFL, but extreme. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, this, like, it's played indoors, right, with, like, way less padding than is safe? Is that right? Okay, so back in the day, the idea behind the XFL, because the XFL, for any of you who don't remember it, um, the XFL is a Vince McMahon production. It is the vanity project of an insane billionaire. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is a sort of, it is a football league with, like, eight teams that are all owned by the league, so it's not, like, franchises. And the idea before is that it was going to be, like, Attitude Era WWE, but football. And so, like, the, there was a lot of stuff that probably would not have aged very well um, in it. And also, yeah, it was... I don't know if it was actually more dangerous, but it was definitely advertised as being more dangerous. Okay. Like, I remember okay, that seeing might, that, pictures where, like... They were starting a game, and there was an ambulance just parked on the side of the field because they were gonna need it. Well, that sounds like a Vince McMahon style promotion. Like that tracks with everything I know about Vince McMahon. Yeah, and so this time around, it's apparently it is going to be a lot less like a lot less like that. It's just going to be the same sort of deal where it's like eight football teams um, that play in what is the NFL's off season. Oh. Okay. And they're well, gonna, I mean, I guess if you're going to do football, that's the best time to do it. Yeah, so like it's going to play in the offseason. It's going to, you know, I don't know exactly where they're going to put it. And they're going to try to have the games be shorter because apparently Vince thinks that three hours is too long for a football game. Now, Dave, every Monday night, would you like to know how long Monday Night Raw is? Man, I've got a guess. Uh, I'm going to throw out, because I don't watch Monday Night Raw. Is it three Is it three hours long, It Matt? clocks in at precisely three hours every week, yes. <laughs> so he thinks that football games are way too long, but the Monday Night Raw should be three hours, followed by two hours of SmackDown the next night. Okay, to be... I mean, to, okay, to be fair, there's a... I don't watch a lot of football, but there's a lot of standing around in football. There's not a ton of standing around... In Monday Night Raw, from what I've I've seen of it, um, there it's is there's pretty much sort like of an explosions, in... explosions, and then glitter, and then like large men hitting each other. Um, there actually is more talk, like standing around talking in Monday Night Raw than I would like. But you are, for the most part, you are right. Um, but here's Dave. Here's what I love about this. As I said earlier, the XFL is a vanity project of an insane billionaire. I just man, and I never I... get tired of hearing you say it like that. It seems like 
it seems like in that case that these teams should be like a breeding ground for an army of super soldiers. I don't know. Anyways. Anyway, I just really love that, like, this, like, it's just as you said, right? Like, this could be a breeding ground for super soldiers. Like, this could go full supervillain, but apparently, like, Vince McMahon's, like, like, weird machinations lead to, like, the only way he is able to express his, like, particular brand of madness is sports entertainment. Like, he can't get away from it. Even if, like, all he wants to do is just, like, get out there and, like, be as crazy as humanly possible. He's like, well, uh, we're already doing wrestling, uh, so how about, uh, how about now it's, I guess, football? Yeah, now we're doing football again. Like, and it's not even a new thing. It's the same new thing that he did in 2001. I don't know. It's just nice when old billionaires do something that's crazy that also doesn't ruin the country. It's very refreshing. (laughs) That's a nice turn. (laughs) Wait, you know what? Way to make a face turn there, Vince. Good job. I mean, I'm sure he'll find a way to make it terrible in some way or another. But for now, I am weirdly excited about this, considering that I never watch football. I have no idea what goes even goes on in football. I mean, that's okay. I shouldn't say it like that. I've got a vague idea of what goes on in football, but I do not know the rules. Right. Well, I mean, listen, we are hosting a Super Sentai podcast. I think that most people could probably guess that pretty well. Uh, And speaking (laughs) of things that are good hints to the fact that we don't intimately know the rules of football, Dave, what is our second star of the week? Let's talk about the theater, Matt. Um, no, I. So this is a great thing in my life. This week, this week I am effectively on vacation, and by effectively on vacation, what I mean is all I have to do is go in and do my actual job, as opposed to doing my actual job and then staying at school for an additional like three to four hours. For rehearsals. Sure, your bonus job. Yeah, my bonus job. My bonus job. I seriously, I did the, did I tell you this, Matt? I did the math on this once. I spent approximately uh, an entire extra work month just doing theater every year. It's about 160 hours. That is a lot like, of time. Yeah, it legitimately <laughs> is a bonus job. I did, I think I told you this. I did the math once, and I do 160 hours of theater. It's like a full bonus work month. Wow. Just in the evenings over the course of the regular school year. So, yeah. But this week, uh, the, show is, the show is over. On with the show. This week is the week I have off. And then the week after that, auditions will start for the next show. And that will run until, like, the show for that is actually in April. And then what, now the nice thing about that is because from the beginning of the school year until April, I'm in rehearsal for, unless we're like not in school, Mm -hmm. there are a total of four weeks where I am not in rehearsal from September to April. That is a lot. It's a lot. Well, I do three shows a year because I do the musical and then these one acts that we just finished and then I do a main stage show. But the nice thing about it is, is when I'm done... There's only like five or six weeks left in the school year, and I only have to be there until like 3.30. And so I'm just like, it feels like vacation because all I'm doing is my actual job. So you kind of get to start your summer break early? Yeah, a little bit. It's It's like running with weights on and then you take the weights off. It's like the kind of mental version of that. 
But uh, yeah, we did the show and it was a great turnout and the kids did super well. And we made a couple of bucks, which is nice. I don't have, sorry, this might sound like I'm leading into a job. I'm not. I'm just so relieved (laughs) (laughs) to be done with like the pressure of the show uh, that I'm just, I am literally almost giddy with excitement thinking about the fact that I won't have anything to do after like four o'clock this upcoming week. So that's my whole, that's my whole thing, Matt. Uh, What is our third Star of the week. Well, Dave, speaking of life challenges uh, and things that are, you know, really sort of weighing down on you uh, that you really have to work, really work hard to sort of get to the other end of. I've been playing a new video game. Okay. Um, and that sounds, yeah, sure. Uh, and this video game, it, it is it is new to me. I think it was new this year, but it is not like new, new. Um, it is called Getting Over It. I'm playing it on my phone and it okay. is punishingly difficult which is not normally a thing i like out of video games is it like a game about dealing with your like emotional troubles like what's the no you're a man who is like in a cauldron from your weight like you're from the waist down your like legs are trapped in a cauldron and you have a sledgehammer and you're using that sledgehammer to try to drag yourself up a mountain in like a weird 2d platforming thing Oh, why are you in a cauldron, though? It's never explained, Dave. Um, Here's the thing about this game, though. The game is punishingly difficult, but it recognizes that it is punishingly difficult. And it is... I won't say it's apologetic for it, right? Um, Because it's not really. Like, it knows what it is, and you know what it is when you're getting into it. But what is nice about this game is that it recognizes the moments in which you are frustrated. Because the, the trick to this is the best way to actually get yourself up the mountain is to kind of, like, really hurl yourself up there. Okay. But doing that leaves you open to falling all the way down the mountain, which is extremely okay. frustrating. But Yeah, no, that makes sense. But when this... How do you launch yourself? Do you launch yourself with the sledgehammer? Yeah, you sort of, like, hook the head of the sledgehammer over a ledge and then, like, hurl yourself up over it. It's it's like a weird physics-y thing. But what's nice is when you when you screw up, the game recognizes it, like if you fall a certain amount of distance, and the guy who made the game has like recorded a bunch of inspirational sayings or like, hey man, don't worry, like try again next time. Be like, you'll get it. Um and so like it's really frustrating, but then just when you're about to get mad at the game, it comes in and offers you encouragement. Which is really nice. Like, it is... It, that one little thing turns it from a game that I would play for two seconds and turn off to, like, a weirdly compelling experience. <laughs> also, because when you get to certain points in the game, like, when you hit, like, a certain tier of climbing up the mountain for the first time, because you will hit that same tier a number of times because you will yep. keep pulling down this mountain, um, he pops in with, like, notes on how he was creating the game. And so the story of the game, like, there is no story to the game. You're a man in a cauldron and you're climbing the mountain with a sledgehammer. Like, the actual, any narrative in the game is listening to this dude talk about his design process for making this game, which is also weirdly compelling. I I don't know if I can recommend this game to everyone, but if this has sounded interesting to you, I definitely recommend at least checking it out. Well, man, I gotta say, okay, just in case you're curious, it appears that this game is iPhone only. Because it is not, there are like a million copies, 
Uh, I'm just going to read you. So here's what comes up when I search in the in the place because I have an Android phone. Here's what comes up when I search for it: person box, climby hammer, <laughs> uh, world's hardest game, flippy knife, flippy knife. That Super sounds very bad. Shooter, yeah, yeah. Hammer man, getting over it. <laughs> um, so if you've got an Android, maybe just don't don't worry about uh, it, it. It was originally uh, a computer game. It's on Steam. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, that's it. Not not a long star. I just wanted to let you know the new thing that has been um, ruining my free time. Uh, Dave, would you like now to hear the fourth star of the week? Well, man, I'm looking at it, and um, I it just says almond. Yeah, Dave, I ate an almond so bad. Ex- you ate an almond badly. Yeah, like I didn't eat a bad almond. I ate an almond bad, and it kind of wrecked my week. <laughs> um, so I mean, you're alive. Sure. Here's the thing about almonds, though. Did you know that almonds are basically nature's arrowheads? Like, if you I think mean, I about guess when an you almond, put it like that, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I got you. I mean, I love almonds. Sure. Um, and and if you're gonna eat an almond, go ahead and do it. Just do it right, because if you do it wrong, it's a bad day, because sometimes... I mean, your teeth are, like, way harder than an almond, though. Oh, yeah, 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 my teeth are. The problem is that the roof of my mouth isn't, and I somehow ate this almond in such a way that it stabbed into the roof of my mouth. Um, It was like, you know how if you're playing Mario, and you're, like, in one of Bowser's castles, and you hit a spike, and then you die? It was like that, but in my mouth. Or, like, when you're playing Sonic the Hedgehog, and, like, you fall off a thing, and there's, like, a bunch of spikes, and you land on it, and then all the rings fall off, and then you try yeah, yeah. to get another ring before you die, but you don't because you hit the spikes again and you die. It was like that, but it was in the roof of my mouth, Dave. How did you even... I just Were you, like, holding it with your tongue? Did you... No, I just tossed a handful in there, and most of them uh, were taken care of in the appropriate fashion. But with one of them, it went real bad, <laughs> and I just don't know what to tell you, Dave. Uh, because when you when you mess this up, it messes up other things in your week, like uh, when you try to say like your sense of self, or drink things, or speak properly, or brush your teeth. There is a lot of things that eating one almond poorly can really skew the rest of your week. So I just I this is a public service announcement to everyone. Go ahead and eat some almonds. Almonds are great. Just do it good, because if you do it bad, you're not going to have fun. And that's, okay, just, that is star I just number four. Man, I just can't say this enough. Uh, do please make sure that you do it well, or it will go badly. You're, I'm dying, dude. You're killing me. I'm sorry, Dave. You're figuratively killing me. Uh, that That is how I felt right after eating this almond. Uh, and that's that's it for the Almond Watch, Dave. What is our fifth star of the week? So our fifth star of the week, Matt, is the proper use of adverbs, apparently. Dave, that's not actually the fifth star of the week. I'm, I'm just trying the, to have fun here on our Goof Around comedy show. I know that I'm not supposed to say eat bad. I just... <laughs> Listen, Matt, you know that, and I know that, but maybe there are the youths, Matt. Think of the impressionable youths that look to you for 
adverb usage. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> so our fifth star of the week, Matt, is... We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. So we haven't done Baby Watch in a while, and I just thought I would update you on the adorable twins that live in my house. Um... So they're they're doing super well. Uh, Buddy Bear has figured out how to climb. He is very into climbing. Now he has figured out how to climb up. How is he on climbing down? Not super great. Uh, he is like he's okay. He can kind of shimmy himself down off of certain things, but he is rather like a cat in that regard. Like he will get up places, and then you will just sort of see him holding on and going like. Ha! <laughs> ha! Until you come. And then sometimes, like, you'll come and you'll get him down, and then he immediately climbs back up, but then he is nervous because he's up there again. It's the action of climbing that he really likes. And uh, they're, they're learning a bunch of words, which is amazing. They're, like, running around, which is crazy. Like, they can run, like, they can run quickly enough. Buddy Bear can. Can run quickly enough that you actually have to, like, put on a very mild adult hustle. Like, you can't, like, casually stroll after him. Like, he can move he can move faster than that. Uh, but you can see them starting, like, they know when they're not supposed to do stuff now. Okay. Like, when, when they're, like, really little babies, they just kind of are, like, flailing physically and metaphorically all the time. Now they're old enough to have, like, a little agency, and they know when they're not supposed to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when they... If they, like, have something in their mouth or they've got something that they're not supposed to have and you just say, like, hey, like, they know the tone of voice that means, like, I'm about to see what's going on with you. And they run like they just turn around and run because they know that you're going to take away whatever it is that whatever thing it is that they shouldn't have that they have. They're they're baby treasures. Yeah, they're tiny mouth treasures. (laughs) Uh, They've also recently discovered hitting. So that's fun. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they've discovered hitting and uh, retaliatory biting. Like, they don't... Because babies don't have empathy. Uh, I don't know if you know that. Like, babies don't learn that other beings experience pain until the age of, like, three, maybe four. Uh, That's just a thing about humans. And so they just, like, smack you really hard and giggle. Uh, So that's fun. So we're working on them (laughs) not doing that. Yeah. But uh, they continue to be uh, a joy. They're super fun. So that's uh, that's the that's the baby watch. Right on, dude. Very cool stuff. And speaking of very cool stuff, and speaking of babies, today, Dave, we are watching episode twelve of Cherokee Sentai Air Ranger Explosion, a baby, <laughs> and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. We've just finished watching episode 12, Explosion of Baby. Dave, are they making this show just for us? Matt, I don't... I don't know what I expected. I genuinely don't... Even with that title, I don't know what I expected, but I don't think I could have imagined anything as beautiful as what I just watched. Okay. Let's let's just get into it because I don't want to deprive our listeners for even a moment of the beauty that is episode twelve of Cherokee Sentai O Ranger Explosion, a baby. 
The only thing that's misleading about that title, Dave, is that it's actually explosion a lot of babies. Yeah, just so many. So all the babies, I think. Okay, so we start off um, and we are looking at a mother and her baby and we hear the Empress Hysteria shouting, look at that stupid face. Just the sight of these babies makes me sick. What is wrong with humans that they like babies? Like, I don't want to look at it anymore. Which is, uh, it's your TV, Empress Hysteria? You could, like, you could just turn it off, I think? I don't know. Maybe she's hate-watching babies the way that some people do with, like, The Bachelor. I'm Sure. Uh, so anyways, she says, and then Bacchus Wrath uh, says, well, humans have a program installed in their brain that makes them like babies. And he says, if that's the case, then the babies will betray them. And then, like, we will use the babies. Yes. Um, I, I love that this is how Bacchus Wrath, like, understands human thought. Like, oh, well, they have a program in their brain that makes them like babies. I also like that for this case, he's kind of right. Yeah, I was going to say, this is actually weirdly accurate. A lot of our reaction to babies is pretty hard. Like, as far as we can tell, it's fairly hardwired. Yeah. Um, I mean, not hardwired in the way that, like, you know, Empress or Emperor Bacchus Wrath would feel about his terrible son, Bulldont, which is actually hardwired. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the next thing we see is a woman who literally never has a name, despite the fact that she is in this episode pretty extensively. And she's got a baby. And she's giving the baby a bottle and she like she the baby finishes the bottle and she says, okay, baby, time for a nap. And then it the baby's name is Ko, by the way. We get the baby's name. Oh, sure. And she turns and she says, okay, baby, the baby is fully awake, fully awake when it has the bottle. And then she says, time for a nap. And then it just cuts like it just cuts. And then you see her putting the baby down and the baby is asleep. Which, unless that cut was meant to signify, like, a bunch of time, then the, I call... Shenanigans? Shenanigans, thank you. We keep it clean on this show. <laughs> and I literally, I stuttered for a second. I wasn't sure what even to say. I call shenanigans. That's nonsense. Uh, anyways, so, <laughs> so... So the baby goes down for a nap. Yes, baby co is put to bed. Uh, the lights are out. She said nap. It is nighttime. Like, it is yeah, full yeah. on nighttime. And so when Baby Co is asleep, it's, you know, it's very peaceful and the lights are down. And then a toy clown, like, floats up. And it's like, baby, baby. And then it turns into a giant evil robot baby clown. Yes. Uh, it is called Barra Baby. Barra Baby. And then it's, like, its mouth is like a speaker and it, has like a little pom-pom, I guess, on its head, like a metal pom-pom on its head. And yeah, like the top of a clown hat. Yeah, and it it shoots like a sonic wave beam thing at the baby, and then it goes outside, and it just does, it just beams all the babies. All the babies get beamed. It beams all the babies. The babies get beamed. But nothing happens. Not this yet. It's a weird thing. Yeah, nothing happens yet. They're just, they're just chilling. It's cool so far. Next day, Goro is coming home from the store, and I did not recognize him because Goro is not wearing his official O-Ranger jumpsuit. Yeah, but what, oh man, what he is wearing, 
He is just we- he was wearing like white shoes, white slacks, and a white dress shirt, and what what looks to be a brown dress leather vest. Yeah, like a suede, like a light brown tannish yes, like suede. a lightly brushed suede. Thank you. And I, I can only assume that he looks super styling for the time and place that he is in because it is a look. It is so, all of a look. He is going down the street, and Ko and his mother are coming down the street as well. I guess Ko's mom is coming down the street with Ko. Ko is not with like, Ko. you know, Ko is not really an active participant in this. Right. Um, now, it turns out that Goro and this woman, she needs a name. Uh, Goro and this woman, Mama-san, is, they're like neighbors. Yeah. Okay. Now, at first, I thought that just everyone in Japan knew Goro because he is the famous O-Ranger. Even when he is wearing his civvies. Yeah, uh, that's not the case. They're, they're neighbors. And she says, oh my gosh, Gora, it's so good to see you. She says, can you watch this? Bi-? They're on the street, mind you. He has like an armful of groceries. He's clearly like out running errands. She just rolls up and she says, ooh, Goro, can you watch this baby for a second? There's a huge sale at the grocery store. And I just like, I got to hit it. I will be right back. And for some reason, apparently they do not let babies in this grocery store. I was going to say, like, newsflash, you can definitely take babies into a grocery store. Uh, maybe she's just like, maybe this is going to be this is like a real Black Friday style grocery sale. Maybe. And she is very concerned about, like, the baby being trampled or something. But, like, she does, not, do that. she does not say to Goro, I will be back in one minute. He, she says, watch my baby. I need to go shopping. Yeah. And she just dips like she's gone like Gora like kind of doesn't even know what to say so I think he just sort of mumbles out a yes and she's gone so he's just chilling with this baby uh and then Shohei just shows up and Shohei is just he's looks cool and he's like oh yeah he's Shohei's also got his civvies on he's got some like blue jeans and a white t-shirt and a black leather jacket I did not know that Shohei was like a hashtag cool dude but apparently he is Apparently so. Uh, so he says, hey, dude, what's what's going on? And Goro's like, um, I'm watching this baby. <laughs> Shohei is incredulous <laughs> like, because Goro was supposed to come over to Shohei's house and they were going to play his new video game. Yeah, uh, which I love. And Goro's just like, yeah, um, I got this baby, though, so I can't. And Joey's like, all right, well, let's just chill out with this baby. And he makes, like, a big, goofy, weird face at the baby. And the baby cries, which got, hey, pro tip, uh, babies do not actually love it when you make, like, big, weird, scary faces, generally speaking. I don't know. I don't have any babies, but I'm pretty sure they're into it every time I do that. Uh, what babies like is when you, like, laugh and smile at them. That's what babies like. Babies don't like, do you like scary faces? I don't. Neither do babies, because they're actually tiny human beings. So anyways, uh, Shoei does this big, weird face, and Ko starts crying. Doesn't like it. When he starts crying, it becomes evident what Bara Baby has actually done. Yes, all of the crying that these babies do is now like a hypersonic shriek that causes things around them to explode. Yeah, uh, it also makes <laughs> clocks go very fast sometimes. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that one. So we were, I was watching this and Beth walked in 
And she said, why, the, why are things exploding? And I said, oh, well, that baby is crying and it's making things explode. And she says, oh, well, yeah, that's just life. Like, that's just how that works. <laughs> um, so it's it. Uh, Goro calls an HQ. He's like, I don't. He's like, I don't know what's going on. Something clearly is happening. And the chief says, oh, yeah, we're not sure either, but it's happening all over the city. Yeah, and we get a montage of Momo and Juri and um, Yuji, like in Yuji. other parts of town, trying to calm babies down. Yeah, it does not work. And just like built, like literally, like buildings are exploding. Uh, there's a, a guy is driving a car and his windshield breaks and he just crashes his car into a tree. There's also a cool moment then, where there's like a flat of two liters of Coke and they all sort of erupt simultaneously. Yeah, I'm not sure they did that, but that was cool. See, that's what's cool and, about it. It's like, it's not a huge effect, but I don't actually know how they did it, and I liked that a lot. So we we cut back to Goro and Shohei and Ko, and then Mama-san arrives. Like, she she shows up, like, because she wasn't sure what was going on, and so she's like, oh, I'm going to go see what's up with Ko. And she arrives, and Ko chills out, and he stops crying. And the attack stops. So I think this is really cool, because it's not... It's it, he didn't actually do anything to the babies aside from like empower their crying. Yeah, because like if the baby's happy, like no problem. So Ko chills out, and then uh, Bera baby shows up and is trying to like mess with babies again to like amp up the power of their crying even more. Yeah, the Rangers run over, and Goro says, "I knew you'd be like I knew Baranoia would be behind us." Yeah, dude. Like, Great sleuthing, Goro. Yes, all of a sudden, baby crying makes things explode. You managed to put that one together. Awesome. Hey, man, they, they don't always get it. Give them, give them some credit here. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> um, it takes them a weirdly long amount of time to put two and two together on this. So they, they start a fight. They, you know, like they're fighting Bar Baby, obviously. And he did, we find out that this hypno sonic blast thing has a has a secondary effect. It is also like a a disorientation attack. Yes, um, and so the he the Rangers are sort of unable to fight Barra Brain because they get disoriented. He is able to run away, and when he does this, he manages to ramp up the power on the baby crying to the point where now now we go into what is sort of a hilarious explosion montage because we just see like a close up on a weeping baby and then a building exploding. And then, like, another baby crying and a building exploding with, like, a picture of a stroller superimposed in front of it in the foreground. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's not their best work. It's pretty wonderful, though. And so, um, so the next is, uh, we're back up to the moon. Bacchus Wrath loves this. He says, this is incredible. All these babies are flipping out. Everything's exploding. Soon, the humans will hate all their babies, and then no one will want to have a baby and then the human race will end, and we will have we will have won. Which like, is this is it? I mean, okay, it's sort of a long game he's playing here. <laughs> like I can see that maybe if you're an immortal robot, just like waiting out a the... generation could work. But they seem to be in a hurry, literally every other week. So I don't know why this time they're just willing to wait a hundred years for humanity to age itself to death. Um, man, who knows? Like, again, I guess it's just like, he's got the time, he's got the time to wait. So like, whatevs, 
So he turns to his various lackeys, uh, I think in this case Acha and Kocha, and says like, hey, how's our plan going to end the human race? And Kocha is like, well, um, actually not super great, because it turns yeah. out that the humans, regardless of the crying and explosions, do still love their babies. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it either, uh, but actually what they're trying to do is just calm the babies down. So... So we may need to we may need to just like come at this from another angle, boss. Like I'm not sure what's going on. So we flip from there down to the hosp- hospital, and all the babies are there. I'm not really sure why they're in a hospital. Babies don't like love hospitals or something. Um, but they're in the hospital, and everybody's like trying to calm the babies down, with, like diapers and bottles, make sure everything's cool, which is a great idea. Uh, Jury is there, and she's like trying to help a baby, and she's like, "Oh, baby." Like, you know, maybe you your diaper is dirty. You'll change your diaper. And she goes to change the baby's diaper. And it is like a very weird moment because we do just definitely see a naked baby. Yeah. Like on, on TV. And then we do cut to a moment like where that baby is just like peeing in Jerry's or in, uh, yeah, in Jerry's face. And yeah, it's, it's a weird moment for this show. It is just kind of an odd moment. And it like, I don't know why. Like, it's because you see, like, they put naked baby butts on TV. And, like, somehow that's fine in my brain. But, like, this was just, like, a fully naked baby. And it's, like, just for a second. But it was still was just like, whoa. Huh. Yeah, I had a similar experience what? a few years ago when I was watching the original Superman movie. Like, the original uh, Christopher Reeve one. Because there is yeah. defo a naked baby in that movie. No, no kidding. Yeah. I haven't seen it in ages. Yeah, that's it's just weird. Like, I don't know, man. Just put a blanket over him or something. It's strange. Um. So, anyways, yeah, Jerry gets peed on, which I have managed to avoid thus far. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Uh. You know. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Oh, so here's a quick side note. Jerry is wearing pigtails. Is that just her new look? I don't know. If anybody knows, because she definitely I mean, I was last we'll week. Yeah. We, yeah, she was last week, and she does again this week. Pigtail which, watch. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I love it or hate it, because on one hand, uh, I don't dig it because she's the Yellow Ranger and she's like very clearly like the toughest, biggest, strongest one, and I really dig that that they made it a lady this time. And I don't know if her wearing pigtails either kind of like kills that for me. Like, guys, come on, even put her in pigtails. Or if it's just like, I'm a strong, independent woman who's like a crazy, like romper stomper and I like pigtails, like get bent. I don't know. Uh, Jury clearly doesn't care about my opinion. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, But we, I guess we will let you know as the show progresses. Yeah. So, but it seems to be working. Like the babies are pretty chill, actually. Yeah, and so Bacchus Wrath is like, well, this clearly isn't going to work for us. Borrow a baby, go down there, and, like, I don't know, like, poke one of them till it cries. Like, we got to do something here. Yeah. <laughs> so Borrow a baby yeah. shows up in the hospital, and he just, like, snatches Ko. Like, he zaps some lasers at people, and then just snatches Ko and runs away. Um, the, the, the O-Rangers go to chase after him and find Ko... Sitting in his stroller, which, by the way, I don't think he was in a stroller when he was taken from the hospital. So, Barra Baby had to then go, like, acquire a stroller. That Yeah, I was wondering about that. I think it's a fantastic moment. Uh, it's like, yeah, you just had to grab one, I guess. 
just imagining like the behind the scenes of this of Bara Baby like going to Baby's R Us and like trying to find the right one and waiting in line and like trying to find his wallet in his giant robot body. It's a fun visual. Just live with it for a few minutes. You'll get the picture. <laughs> just just dwell there for a moment with us. Uh, yeah, you'll get it. So anyway, anyway, so this this baby stroller um, is or pram, I guess, depending on what country you live in, um, is perched precariously atop like a, a stairwell outside of an oil refinery. Yeah. Oh, I did just want to say real quickly. So the Rangers show up to this scene just in like a jeep, and I am so. Like, I'm so accustomed to the Rangers having color-coded cool rides that the fact that they just showed up in a Jeep... Like, I, I saw the Jeep, and I'm like, what's up with this Jeep? Like, why do we care about where this... Is? Like, because they're really focused on the Jeep. I was like, why do we care about where this Jeep is going? And then the Rangers get out of it. I was like, oh, oh, no, they're just driving in a regular car as opposed to, like, a shark-themed motorcycle. Sure. So, I mean, they do have those motorcycles. Not the shark themes, but they do have color-coded motorcycles. But it is fun to see them just driving around in regular stuff. Especially, remember that one episode a few weeks ago where Goro had, like, henchened into O-Red and was just in a regular Jeep driving around? Yeah. That especially again, I Again, it was very... It was, it was such a weird moment. Like, because it's such a regular thing that they would have, you know, sort of like toyetic vehicles. The fact that it's just in a Jeep is, is strange to me. Um, like strange, unusual, and I kind of love it. So they, the Rangers all arrive, and Mom is there. Mama-san is there, and they're like, "Well, we have to go get him because if he cries, like this whole refinery's going up, and if the refinery goes up, you know, because it's like an oil refinery, they're like, that's kind of it. Well, they say it's it for the city, which seems a little unlikely. I but don't know, man, a, a whole oil refinery exploding, like that, it would be pretty bad if nothing else." So uh, so they like, we've got to stop him from crying. And they're like, well, he ate half an hour ago, so he's unlikely to cry from hunger. And Mama Sai's okay, like, yeah. Here's what I love about this. The way that they say this is not, he shouldn't be hungry, he just ate. Momo says, the last time that he received milk was 30 minutes ago, so he should not cry from hunger. Like, it's such yeah. a weird, like, military style, like, there's way too much precision in that sentence. And I yeah. find a lot of joy <laughs> no, in it. I get it. Um, and Mama just says, uh, he gets hungry a lot, though. So she's like, here's a bottle. Here's a diaper in case he's dirty. Like, and she gives him to Goro. And Goro takes this thing like they're like they're she's handing him the master sword. She's he's like, all right, I'm ready to go now. Um, And he like he starts running. So at this point, uh, Bara Baby shows up or is already there. He summons Bara soldiers and the fight is on. Yeah, so the other four O-Rangers are staying down on the ground level to take care of the Bar Soldiers so Goro can get away and run up to save Ko. Um, they're sort of going back and forth. They end up uh, transforming into their O-Ranger forms to have like an actual cool fight. Um, Goro doesn't. He's just like running up the stairs, getting shot at with lasers, and does not take the time to hench in. Gets, like, knocked off the stairwell and kind of has to, like, grab on with one hand and pull himself back up. And this whole time, Acha and Kocha and Bera Baby are like, okay, 
any moment now, all of this activity is going to make Ko start to cry. And when he does... Like, this is going to be it. Like, our plan will succeed. But Ko doesn't cry, because apparently he loves explosions. Yeah, okay, so this whole scenario is very... Like, I was watching it like a doctor watches ER. I was like, no, no, that's not how this goes. Because babies cry over everything. Like, I dropped a spoon that is literally still within reach and I can get it in less than one second crying. I wanted something, but then I threw it away and you didn't immediately hand it back to me crying. Like babies just cry like all the time. And our, my babies are really good babies. Like they're super chill, but they just cry for like no reason. Uh, so, but co. Yeah, Ko just, like, loves explosions, I hey, listen, guess. Here's the thing that you need to know about Ko, Dave. Uh, Yuji makes sure to tell us that Ko isn't so weak as to just cry to let one of your plans succeed. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Like, he stomps in the middle of the fight, turns to Barra Baby, and he's like, No, Ko is strong. <laughs> he's not, that's incredible. Um, so, Goro finally gets up, like, they're fighting. He, like is like knocked over the edge. He's like hanging on with one arm to the railing. He like crawl, climbs himself back. He climbs himself. He pulls himself back up and he finally gets to Ko and he's got the milk and he's got the bottle. And he says, here you go, Ko, like have a, have a bottle. And Ko is not interested. He doesn't want it. And he's, he's getting upset. And, and then he's like, Oh, well, well, maybe you need a diaper, but, Nope, Ko does not need a diaper. And he's like, he kind of looks down at mom. He's like, he doesn't want the bottle. He doesn't need a diaper. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> These are the only two things. And, and he's go- trying to like smile at Ko to like get him to stop crying. But Ko is like at this point, like really starting to get upset. And mom is like, oh no, the milk has gotten cold. Like he won't drink it if it gets cold. That's the problem. I need to like whip him up a fresh batch. So she reaches into her diaper bag and pulls out, like, a thermos of hot water and the formula and is, like, frantically trying to make a fresh bottle. Oh, man. Uh, just, like, that that moment was so amazing. So... <laughs> so... But she doesn't actually get a chance to finish because at that moment, there's some sort of... I think Barra Baby does it. Like, there's an explosion and the stroller goes flying. Yeah, like uh, it, off it of this ledge. Itself off of this, yeah. Which is like and five Goro, stories up. Yeah. Gora, no, Matt. Uh, I, this ledge has got to be a solid mile in the <laughs> air. Because this baby is falling for like 30, 40 seconds. Uh, but Goro, in a, in a totally hero move, this is, this is maybe my favorite moment from this whole episode, does not even think. Just like dives after the baby. Well, okay, he does dive after the baby. He does take a moment before he does it to, while the baby is falling, take the few extra, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds to henshin. Uh, And so the baby has now Uh, gotten a huge, like, head start on this dude. Um, But he jumps off the ledge anyway and somehow catches up to the falling stroller. Because you know how falling works? How you can just catch up? (laughs) <laughs> so he catches up to the stroller and then he like grabs it out of midair and as he's doing this Bara Baby does like a blast Bara Baby blast and the stroller explodes and they're like oh no they, they got Ko but 
Goro has turned literally transformed into a fiery phoenix and like flies away and then he lands on the ground and turns back into Goro, which I did not know was an option. No, neither did I. And I wonder if we're ever going to see it again. Uh, Dude, I desperately hope that not only do we see him turn into a phoenix, like I want to see... Yeah, Shohei. Like, I want to see Shohei turn into, like, a giant green energy bowl. Yeah. That would be pretty Please, good. thank you. That would be very, very good. And so it, he lands and he's got Ko. Like, yeah, like he did it. And then Mom walks up and she has finished the bottle at that point. And she gives it to him and he's feeding the baby. And the best thing about this, I think, is, like, there's there's no way to, like, this isn't a special effect or something. There is just a, a man in a O red suit holding a feeding a baby a bottle. It's a pretty fantastic it's visual. Pretty good. <laughs> um, so Ko is now chilled. Um, he give, uh, Goro gives Ko back to his mom. That he says like, yeah. okay, you two need to run because we need to deal with this stupid robot. Um, which they do like almost immediately. Like once they're actually yeah, in takes... a fight with this guy, it's over almost before it begins. He hits him with the uh he summons his Star Riser sword, does like the special attack with that. Immediately following that, they do not even bother to show the animation of them putting the gun together, but they follow that up with the big bang buster, uh which yep. just like murders the small version of Barra Baby. And then, of course, Acha and Kocha do their, like, hammer-toss-neck-injection combo to get Barra Baby to be revived and giant. Which Yeah, man, that never stops being weird. It never stops me. being like, weird, and I don't know if I will ever and stop ama- being And, like, tickled. beautiful and wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but, like, it is a weird moment. So he grows, and they summon um, O-Ranger Robo. Uh, and they have a brief fight. Like, the Barrow Baby has exploding milk bombs. Which, yeah, I was going to say, there is one one cool thing in this fight, and that's it. Which, by the way, uh, the exploding milk bombs is something that also happens in a James Bond movie. Uh, there are definitely exploding milk bottles in um, The Living Daylights. So, just, uh, no kidding. just a, a weird thing there for you to keep your eyes out on. Let me know if you see it in any other media. Exploding milk. Yeah, please, please do. Um, so then that I mean, like that's basically it. Uh, they they do do a thing where they reflect his blasts back at him using the Star Riser sword, and then you know that that's kind of it. Like they just take Bara Baby out. Yeah, like he so, he had a cool like plan, but once he's actually in a fight, Bara Baby is not super formidable. Yeah. So the next thing we see is uh, it's just everybody's cool. It's all the Rangers and the Chief actually. Chilling out with Mama-san and Co. For a moment and before the camera closed down them, I saw Chief there. And I thought, oh, that must be Co's dad, who we have not seen this whole chief. episode. Yeah, nobody in any Super Sentai shows has more than one parent. I have discovered this. And it's usually, uh, like, actually an uncle or grandfather. Yeah, that's not quite. Every once in a while you see you see both. But, um, so anyways, Co, you can tell, is... Super not sure about all these strangers. Like he's not ups- he's not crying, but he's definitely not stoked about the situation. And so <laughs> Shohei does like a weird goofy face and he's like, Oh, he laughed. That baby did not laugh. Definitely did not. And the chief says, 
We must defeat Baranoia soon for the babies. Which, <laughs> as a sentiment, totally makes sense. But as a sentence, it's, it's kind of hilarious. With, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so the chief's like, now, Ko, your uncle will help cheer you up. And he picks up, he's like super serious, and he picks up Ko, and he tries to like goof around with him. And Ko is 100% not having it. Oh, none of him is into this. And then, in the worst idea of all time, they hand Ko off to Shohei, who has already been seen to be terrible with all children. Yeah, I don't know why they thought that was the best plan. And so, event like, they just give him back to the mom, and then Ko chills out. Yeah, they, they kind and of play hot potato with a weeping baby, and then it gets back to the mom, and the episode ends. Yeah. But our episode, Matt, isn't ending. Because what we need to figure out is where does Barra Baby land on the old Creature Royale, Matt? Okay. I gotta be honest. I'm a little bit stumped on this. It's so weird and out of the blue as a plan, but it's not like... It's very strange as a plan, but it's not like diabolically brilliant... It's just very strange. Yeah. Now, for the fun of watching the episode, I think that, like, the bonkers nature of this plan does make it a lot of fun. Yeah, but just as a monster, it's... Yeah. Like, I literally... I just do not know what to do with this dude. Okay, so where, where do we have people who are sort of like fun episode with a weird effect but the monster itself isn't that great i think that we're in we should start looking at uh mujina the manga artist yeah i think that is another that is a good spot i don't like this episode nearly as well as as that actually as we as we kind of drip down like drip drop down (laughs) quite a bit that was a weird moment um I'm not comfortable with anything until we're getting down to like actually pretty low to be totally honest. Cuz like right under Mujina is Majin Robo Veronica and Semimaru and then Bara Printer. Which we had yeah, last okay. episode is really cool. If we're going down from there, uh we're getting into like Sergeant Cannon, Adhesive Cockroach, Vending Machine. Okay. I like it better definitely than Adhesive Cockroach. I okay. say that for sure. What's right above Adhesive Cockroach then? Uh, funeral Figurine Ventriloquist, which I think is actually kind of a cool... No, I mean, like, he's low on the list. He's not incredible. But yeah. But he's kind of a cooler monster than, than Barra Baby. He did have the gimmick with, like, the small version of him and the larger version of him, and you didn't know which yeah, one like, was that's the actual an Alfred... monster. Yeah, that's some Alfred Hitchcock stuff. Like, that's pretty kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that episode at least had a twist. This one, while delightful, was pretty straightforward. Yeah, so I'm going to say, if it's cool, I say better than Adhesive Cockroach, not as cool as Funeral Figurine Ventriloquist. Okay, so that puts him, what, at uh, 105 on the list? 105. All right. Well, then that, and Dave... that is going to do it. 
Yeah, that is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of us. If you want to see any updates on future episodes or see what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. If you rate review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're finding the show, that might help drive new people to it, which we think would be lovely. Um, The show is produced by Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to hear any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.